Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. Don't worry, everything is okay. An officer in Castleton is just giving a tour of his cruiser. 201,000 miles on the baby. And she's still running. It's a black and white Chevy SUV. The officer's name, Silas Loomis, is printed below the driver's side window in script. This here is my trunk. It's packed. There are firearms. I got uh, spike strips, fire extinguishers, AED. This is an extreme Arctic cold weather jacket in case I need it. I have vice grips, hammer. Loomis is not a police officer, and he's not a sheriff. He's got a title you might not hear a lot. Constable. From Vermont Public Radio, this is Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy, back again with my colleague, Emily Corwin. You may know by now we've added a second episode of Brave Little State to answer more of your questions. This time, we've got a question from Richard Dumune. He's a 75-year-old retiree who lives in the UK, in Hertfordshire. And Richard's question is so burning that he wrote in two times to ask it two different ways. Sadly, he was not keen on having his voice recorded. So, Emily? Yes, Angela? What is Richard's question? Richard wants to know, what is the history and function of town constables in Vermont? And why would a guy from Hertfordshire in the UK want to know that? Well, I emailed him, and it turns out he's he's like a fan of New England. He even sent me a picture of himself at a Red Sox game in London. Um, and so he tells me that... For his 70th birthday, his wife took him to Montpelier, among other places, where he learned about town meeting day, which was fascinating to him. And so he's Googling uh, around on the Internet. He finds these town websites in Vermont, hears about constables, which rings a bell because they have something similar in the UK. And it just sparks his curiosity. So he wants to know, what do constables do in Vermont? And I set off to find out. We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. Let's start at the very beginning. The word constable comes from Latin, stabuli, or friend of the stables. In the Middle Ages, in France and Britain, constables lead the cavalry and then the military. But by the time the pilgrims come to the so-called New World, Constables are merely local officials collecting taxes and suppressing riots. 
And in 1777, before Vermont even becomes a state, constables get written into our Constitution, where the reference remains to this day. And it has to do with the election of governor. Each town's constable, it's written, must deliver every vote to the General Assembly. Apparently, constables would bring all the bits of paper to Montpelier in a bag. Good morning, Secretary of State's office. May I direct your call? Hi, I'm hoping to speak with Will Senning, please. Hold on just a minute. My job is to find out what constables do now. Elections, this is Will. So I call up the guy in charge of elections at the Secretary of State's office, Will Senig. And I am just wondering if constables still serve this purpose of delivering votes for governor. (laughs) So you're talking like after the election. Yeah. And yeah, the constables used to bring the ballot bags up to the state house to do that. That's funny. We've actually, I've, I've had Jim joke about that a few times recently. Jim, by the way, is Jim Condos, Vermont's Secretary of State. Do, do they still do this in any way? The constables do not. Today, Senig says, each town's clerk counts the ballots and sends that count to Senig's office, which does the final tally and gives it to the General Assembly. So while constables are constitutional officers, their constitutional duties have become obsolete. And if that's the case, well, what do constables do now? Richard Gauthier is the director of the Vermont Criminal Justice Training Council. He says the answer to our question changed kind of recently. I think it was 2011 that the legislature mandated that constables must be certified by the council to have law enforcement authority. Prior to that, elected constables had full law enforcement authorities without ever needing to attend a day of training. Wow. Just take this in for a minute. From 1777 until eight years ago, you could be a farmer or a bartender. You could show up at town meeting, have your neighbors elect you constable, And inside the boundaries of your town, you would have full law enforcement authority. You could arrest people, charge them, detain them, you name it. Right. Within their communities only, but they didn't need certification from the council. Now you need to be certified with 190 hours of training to have law enforcement authority. According to Gauthier, only about 15% of Vermont's 250 or so constables have that certification. The rest have very limited powers. Here are some of the things these uncertified constables can do. They can serve court papers, collect taxes, remove disruptive people from town meeting. And strangely, they are specifically empowered to kill injured deer. That's what they can do. But I still want to know what they do do. So I try to get in touch with an uncertified constable named Ben Whitcomb. He was elected constable in Williston this March. First, I call the Williston town clerk to get his number. But she doesn't have it. She does mention that he works for a local farm, the North Williston Cattle Company. So I call them. The constable's mom picks up. She tells me, yes, Ben is the constable. And she says, I can give you his number, but only if you promise not to call him before 7 at night. See, the manure-spreading deadline is 10 days away. And she says Ben needs to get all the manure out of their pit pronto. So I guess that's one answer. 
As Constable of Williston, you don't need to do very much. At least, not during manure spreading season. Constables, it turns out, can range from the Ben Whitcomb model to a paid certified first responder. It's up to the town and the constable. And the opposite of Ben Whitcomb is probably Silas Loomis. I am uh, been a, uh, the first constable in the town of Castleton for over 46 years. Loomis is a certified officer, so he can do everything a police officer does. And he has. He's handled DUIs, domestic violence, terrible car accidents, the works. But these days, he says Castleton's six-person full-time police department does that stuff. So Loomis spends a lot of time doing patrols. And I got areas of interest that I usually uh, I'm at so people can see the black and white Mark Cruiser. On a typical day, he says he does checks on elderly folks. He stops by the dump. I do lockouts. I got a lockout kit. Hmm. You got to be kind of careful now with the cars with the airbags on the on the side because they do bloom up once in a while when you uh, slide your uh, tool down to try to unlock the car. I think it's kind of messy, but... Uh, hmm. Hear that slightly bored-sounding grunt I keep making? I feel bad about it now. I think I was hoping Loomis would tell me a story that would illustrate something more vital, more necessary about being constable. Wasn't there a time he pulled a drowning child from a frozen lake or something? If Loomis has any heroic stories, he's keeping them to himself. And as we talk, it seems like all the exciting stuff happened back in the 70s, before Castleton had a full-time police department. One year back then, Loomis says he and the second constable took 3,700 calls. And, and the constables were humping. I mean, we were the first law enforcement agency in the town to get radar in our vehicle. And we wrote a lot of tickets way back then because we had a brand new radar unit. <laughs> Man, it was open season. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that, but really, it was. We got traffic slowed down within a matter of two months. We had control. Today, Loomis says he occasionally takes calls from local and state police when they need backup, and he gets paid for that. But he says even even without the um, funding for the constables, I still come out and work. He loves it that much. I have the best job in the town. It's probably a testament to my generation. You know selfish millennials. But I had a hard time understanding why a town would ask someone to patrol the back roads for minimal pay when it's got a professional police force. And why someone like Loomis would want that job. Well, you know, I'm going to say something here about my father. Um, And then Loomis tells me this. He once told me, we were talking um, a long time ago, he's deceased, he's gone. But he says, you know, everybody owes their town something other than paying taxes. Think about it. Loomis's dad was a decorated combat veteran in the Pacific, and he was a farmer in Castleton. But what really left an impression on Loomis was the way he served his town. He was a deacon at the church, he sang in the church choir, and he just helped people. And Cy Loomis takes after his dad. He was a Navy Seabee during Vietnam. He used to be a volunteer fireman. He coaches football. And for 46 years, he's been Castleton's constable. He's got a trunk full of emergency equipment in an old cruiser with his name on it. And it brings him joy 
just to be seen. So people know if they need something, he's out there. He's ready to help. For Brave Little State, I'm Emily Corwin. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This episode was produced by Emily Corwin with editing from Mark Davis and mixing by Chris Albertine. Nina Keck contributed reporting. Our digital producer is Elodie Reed. Ty Gibbons composed our theme music. Other music by Blue Dot Sessions. We've got photos of Constable Silas Loomis in our show notes and at our website, bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can submit a question of your own and vote on the one you want us to tackle next. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public Radio. We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. How can you support us? Become a sustaining member of VPR or leave us a rating or review wherever you listen. I'm Angela Evansee. We'll be back soon with this question from Danielle Dragalis of Swanton. Why does Vermont allow so many dollar generals? Until then, remember, be brave, ask questions. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Line wherever you get your podcasts.